I did not have sexual relations with that woman. You can't handle the truth. Hey. Fuck you, Deputy Stike. Hey. Fuck you. Hey. You are a liar. You are a self-confessed liar. If you stop waffling, we might get some work on you. Where'd you get these two guys from? Right. Would you like a sweetie? Arnie, cut. Get out. Get out. Smith. Touch, what a touch. Money Smith. Touch. For me, looking at that video, that cat hadn't done anything wrong. I'm going to Puerto Rico to kick your ass. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. Welcome to another edition of the OnlyFans Football Podcast. Episode 5. What do you want to call the it? The Costa del Sol. The Costa del Sol. <laughs> I kind of want to call it the EP special because I was that EP. Costa del EP. Costa del EP. Well, well, we can we can work on it. We can work on it. I think that's nice. Um, we're sat in Kieran's back garden, so we're not in the studio. So uh, I suppose a quick caveat this week. There's going to be no. It's a new studio. It's a new studio. It's a studio of life. Um, <laughs> there's going to be no um, videos this week, Kieran. Preview or anything because Premier League is, of course, off. And um, we're going to take a quick look. Um, I suppose at Ireland's games with France and, and Holland the big crunch games and then as well as that we are going to look at the Europa League the Champions League why did I say Europa League first maybe because Liverpool are playing them. <laughs> yeah you just prioritise <laughs> Liverpool know, yeah. um, this needs to stop we're going to chat about that Jeez, man. <laughs> so much football has happened in the past few days transfer deadline day happened um, and obviously the Premier League of course the weekend Kieran as I said, welcome along, everybody. Kieran, how was your weekend? Yeah, Adam, I'm fantastic. We're, we're sat out here in the 25 degree sun. Yeah. Summer arrived late. <laughs> and this again leads on to the theory that since the only <laughs> fans football podcast came back, it hasn't stopped sunning yeah. as opposed to raining. It's almost as if the universe misses us when we're gone. Yeah, I was, I was in the car on the way up here um, with Dave. I bought, I bought a little disposable camera for EP. And we were getting the pictures like printed or whatever. And Dave just, we were sat there in complete silence, I think like 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins was playing. And it was like, uh, it was like a really coming back to life. And Dave just goes, Where the fuck was this weather in July? <laughs> <laughs> he had two weeks, I think he had a week off in July. <laughs> Went golfing three times in the rain because it wasn't sunny. It was literally so grim. Um, it's mad though, this sun does make a difference. Like, uh, compare this year to last year's EP. I was about to ask, what 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 was the diff- big difference from the dry EP as opposed to the wet EP this week? Uh, probably the sun, I'd imagine, Carol. But like, was it any different? Like, was it a, a more enjoyable or like, it, it definitely camping like, more unpleasant or like it's 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 a, it's a weird one because like there wasn't as many people that went last year uh, in the group that we went, but the group that we did go with was like with Gary and, and Gary's mates and stuff, and and we all quite just like got on with each other. Like, it was just really good. Like, really. Good chats, good vibes. The sun was shining so much, man, and I, I can't explain how much of a difference that made. Because you remember the Sunday VP last year, before the Arctic Monkeys, we were sat around the camp and it was sunny, music was playing, we were just vibing. That's what it was like for three days. Like I think there was 20 minutes of rain on the Friday, and we sat inside the gazebo, and that was it. Johnny, Johnny fucking Marr was playing. 
and he did a few of his own bits and then someone he said something about Blur or something like that he just goes and then he's here's his charm man and all you hear is <laughs> the, the, the little riff that yeah. <laughs> and people were like me and Ian and Dave were running around in circles like we were going mad I have a video of me Dave got a video of me and Ian singing like we're ugly each other it was the most like honestly like do you remember last year when uh, Artie Monkeys was playing and we, we all sang uh, Snap It Over together it was like that but there was something about there was just something different about it magical it was just a great weekend man and I'm not as raw off as what I was last year because we came home last night, Dave, God bless him, fucking what a saint. Drove home last night, like halfway through the killers. Yeah, and I watched Match of Day, watched Shells beat Pats, and that's all my. I like, I, this podcast can be terrible for anyone listening, I'm sorry, and you can go, uh, I'm not listening to this, go ahead. I haven't seen a lot of football other than the Liverpool match in full, and then the Shells match in full, which I both watched this morning. Um, I've seen loads of football, Adam. Kieran, tell me about your weekend. My weekend involved a lot of football. A lot of watching football, a lot of sitting around. Got a lovely feast ice cream yesterday. Feast? Um, Is this the chocolate? The chocolate, chocolate. But uh, I'm going to save that for the Hall of Fame, actually. Okay, so. well, we move on to the yeah. Hall of Fame, I suppose. <laughs> um, it was only put up this morning um, between CM Punk and Christian Pulisic. Um, so I don't actually know who's winning that. Last time I checked, it was a draw, so we will update the Hall of Fame next week. Continue with your story. What's your Hall of Fame? My Hall of Fame is Feast Ice Cream, Adam. Right, okay. Uh, uh, ice Cream from childhood. I think they only recently brought it back. And Yeah, I, I, when you said Feast, I was really surprised because I haven't heard of one so of them in so long. Essentially, it's uh, ice cream. Uh, <laughs> it's chocolate ice cream. Chocolate ice cream. A bit of crispiness to it. Mm, and uh, ice cream yeah. in the middle. On a stick. It's layered and then there's chocolate bar in the middle. Essentially, I'm nominating the traditional Feast because okay. the Feast I got yesterday was an absolute farce. Oh, okay. It, it's been shrinkflated, like everything else. Oh, small. Oh, yeah, small, okay. like everything else. Everything's been shrinkflated now. I, I'm everything fucking, else? I, yeah, everything. <laughs> Anything you get now has been ruined by by this sugar tax or whatever is mm. going on, or mm. this cost of living crisis. Everything's got smaller and worse. Like, even the boost bars, they have, like, 27 grams written on them. They used to be 50 grams. What, what has come of this world? Um, but... I got this feast yesterday, <laughs> and it used to be a layered chocolate bar with ice cream. I bit into expecting the chocolate bar mm. in the middle. The chocolate bar wasn't there. Right, okay. There was no chocolate bar. I, I don't... I don't is, was, it, is it a chocolate bar? Is it like a chocolate... Like, oh, no. It's the, a chocolate bar on a stick, layered in ice cream. That was always what the feast bar was. Right, what? Are you sure? The feast, feast ice cream, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But they've gotten rid of the chocolate bar and replaced it with a tiny uh, square of chocolate. At the end? At the top of the stick. It used to be a full chocolate bar. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah that, we that, live in that a, is a, bit horrifying. a farcical society. Mm. And this needs to be stopped. So your weekend was consumed by spice bags and fake feast bars. Fake feast bars. Fake feast bars is what you're saying. It made me want to go to EP. That's yeah, sort of, I, yeah. That's sort of nonsense. Fair. What's your Hall of Fame? I suppose I have to give it to something EP related, don't I? Yeah. Something a bit more joyful, man. Yeah, I was about to say, man, you're, you're, you're a bleeding sad fucker. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what I'm good at, Adam. <laughs> it's what I'm good at. I had a feast bar that was not a feast bar, so that's my Hall of Fame. Joe, you know I'm just going to give it to this charming man. I'm just going to. I'm just this charming man by the Smiths. Without Morrison. <laughs> Without Morrison. Um, I'm going to give it to, to the song by the Smiths, this charming man. In fairness, there is a light that never goes out. It's such a good song as well. Um, I'd go as far as to giving it to the Smiths themselves, but like, I, I don't particularly like Morrissey. I don't particularly like Johnny Marr either. 
But it was such a good concert. Exactly, like us. And I'm going to give it to this charming man by the Smiths. That'll be my Hall of Fame this week. Man, in the world of football, there's been so much that's happened. And we're talking about fucking feast bars This is what happens. And I suppose this is probably like a natural progression into it. Like, Shell's beating Pats. I know you don't really have much stake. I've seen the scenes. But the scenes were unbelievable, man. And... I would have loved to have been soft spot for Duffer as well. Yeah, I would have loved to have been covering the game on um, Friday, but I was obviously I was in a fucking field and leash. But uh, I, I was I was watching Steve Lacey as the second goal went in, and I was going mad. Like Steve Lacey is a great showman as well, in fairness. But uh, um, the weekend football from there on in, Karen, I felt there was like an upward trajectory. Like for me, anyways, I know. Chelsea lost. <laughs> misery, so, misery, misery. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry had him in for us. So that's where we start, Kieran. Nottingham Forest nil. Chelsea. Nottingham Forest won. Excuse me. Chelsea nil. Um, Stamford Bridge. Sending McKeggs first match on his move to London. And Chelsea Lewis. Oh. Sending. If any, if you're listening to this, um, shout out to your sister. But if you're listening to this. Um, you're probably going mad because you moved all the way to London <laughs> to see Chelsea and they lost their first game against Nottingham Forest. I, I'm lost for words of this Chelsea team at the moment. Uh, I don't know what to think because on one hand, a lot of investment has gone in and I feel like the owners are trying to do good bringing in this amount of players. Mm. But I can only help but feel that it's harming our chances this year of anything doing anything good. The amount of players they brought in and Almost the amount of fringe starters and young players and the amount of older players that they've gotten rid of. Just the experience has all gone out the window and, and this leads to performances like this against Nottingham Forest who are, listen, a team that will uh, sit back and, and park the bus at Stamford Bridge which is what they did on, mm. on Saturday. And there's no one really to show leadership on the pitch to get a result in these games. And I think this is this is part of the problem and why, why we're losing to these teams and we can't really lose to these teams in order to get top four or get European football so mm. I think um, it was a good performance from Nottingham Forest but it just I, I think we're just very very poor at the moment that's all I have to say yeah I looked at the highlights mm. of the game and from what I saw Chelsea didn't create a whole lot do you know and I think there was a chance at the end that Sterling snatches it and he just drags it wide and it's in a good position. And I said it to you, we were watching in there together, I was like, that's that's the position where Sterling needs to produce. That's that's the one position there your most experienced forward has to produce. And then if he does that, if he scores there, the miss that Nick Jackson has earlier in the game, where he should be again, that's another great opportunity, he should be scoring that. Um if Sterling scores that chance you're kinda of going, right, we forget about Nick Jackson's miss. But Forrest looked really good. Do you know, I think Matt Turner, he's like a meme in goal. I don't know, he just moves around. He moves really agilely. Or, agilely is not a word, is it? He's very flamboyant. Flamboyant, yeah. Um, and I think him, him, him at the back instead of Henderson last season, I think, I think it's a real upgrade. I think Awani up front, my God, he's turned into a real player. He's, he's turned into a real player. Yeah. In the highlights that I saw, um, he was causing Thiago Silva all sorts of problems like, from corners and from set pieces um, the goal itself he's he's one on one with Thiago Silva and Alang is running towards the right Con- and this is this is confidence in abundance this is throws it through his legs Alang is in puts it in I think Sanchez probably 
could have done a bit better, but that's probably being harsh on the goalie. Oh. Um, but Forrest, I, I full on think they fully deserve the crown. I don't think you can have too many complaints. No. Other than um, from a Chelsea point of view, of I suppose not being at the level that you probably think you should. Yeah, but well, I think as a whole, it just worries me. Like this game aside, like I'm not, I'm not really too fussed about losing the odd game here or there. But I think it's a worrying trend if you're losing to West Ham. And you can't break them down. And Forest again, and you can't break them down. They end up scoring. Mm. I just think there's too much inexperience. And if you look at the starting eleven, uh, Thiago Silva's 38. Mm. He's the oldest player in the park. The next oldest is Chilwell, 26. And then after that, it's a bunch of 22, 21 year olds. Oh, on the pitch. Sterling. Sorry, yeah, Sterling's 28, Chilwell 26, and after that, it's 21, 22 year olds on the pitch. Mm. And I think what you said about Sterling, relying on players like Sterling is also a bit of a problem because I don't think you should be relying on players like Sterling like it, mm. as your main experience point mm. I think that's also a, a part of the problem because mm. I think Sterling is good as a squad player and if he's a, a fringe starter he's a good player because mm. he adds a lot but if you're relying on him it's, I don't know if he can handle pressure that well and mm. I think it's probably from a, a midfield standpoint as well Karen. Caicedo, Gallagher and um, Enzo Fernandez in there. Caicedo, I'm not going to say he was at fault for the goal, but he does give it away for the goal. Yeah, It's been a tough start for him. I think Fernandez, it's it's unrealistic to expect more than what he's been given in terms of output, etc. I know he got a goal last week in the Cup, but it seems like they're good quality players, but they're just having a tough time. Yeah, well, I think it's been a tough start. I mean, Enzo's playing a more advanced role this year. And what do you think of that? I, th- I think it, it will probably pay off in the long run, but it's going to take a while to adapt to a role like that. And in terms of Caicedo, I think Caicedo's had a bit of a shocker, and it, it's a big price tag and etc. No Lavia either again, um, which was really surprising. Lavia sitting in the stands again, watching in horror. Um, Unbelievable, carry on. But I don't, I don't know if Gallagher's up to scratch as well. So. We do have a lot of problems, but I think if Reese James comes back after the international break, Badishule is very good. I think. Mm. I think there's a lot resting on these these next four games, like Bournemouth away, Villa at home, Fulham away, Burnley away, and then the cup game against Brighton. Mm. I think that's going to define whether we do well this season or not. If we yeah. get points from those games, a couple um, of relegation be- six pointers in there, Carl. Because the next, <laughs> the next international break coming. Uh, there's a very tough run I think there's Brighton United etc Arsenal so these next four games are are very crucial to the season Mm. so as a quick glance at the other Saturday games Kieran Spurs 5 Burnley 2 Hungman San Hattrick some great goals in this by the way Romero's goal again I was watching the highlights of this in the house before we came out great goal by Romero in the game Uh, Madison got a great goal but the start of the show is Hungman San and I think from my point of view He's a player who, when Kane left, there was a lot of apprehension around, you know, could Son step up to it? This is a captain of, this is a man who's the captain of his country, South Korea, gives everything for them, gives everything for Spurs, uh, and I think he's, he's been top class. Yeah, he's a quality player, and I think there's a lot to say about Madison as well, who's had an unbelievable mm. start. He's just gelled right in, and he's playing yeah. great football. Mm. I think he's exactly the player, and Postacoglu. Ange Postacoglu was a player like that I'd say yeah because it's just so hard work and versatile yeah can play the role and 
I was talking to a Spurs fan earlier in the week and he was saying that Ange doesn't give a fuck if like Spurs are going to concede goals. He just wants them to play uh, yeah. fluid football, mm. which makes sense because like they've conceded quite a lot of goals, but and they are scoring That's what I was goals. about to say. I suppose from a defence point of view, still a bit worrying that they're... Con- I, I don't think Burnley are that great, but I think it's a bit worrying in the sense that they're still conceding two goals to Burnley. But they're scoring lots of goals as well, so it's... Mm. It's it's kind of balanced now at the moment. I suppose that will that will probably backfire against bigger mm. bigger teams like City or firepower teams like that. Like if they're going to be getting broiled in a five mm. all against them, it's probably not realistic. I do think it balances itself out, though. I do think there will become a point where they stop conceding goals and they just keep scoring. Mm. You know, they'll bring in a Romero at the back and yeah. Mm. I, I don't think it's necessarily to Romero I just think they'll eventually get to a point where they're that fluid and they're that kind of confident that they won't make mistakes like the two goals they conceded were very soft I thought like the second goal from Brownhill like no one's closing the man down he, he scuffs a shot in off the post like it's not a great goal I think you, you eradicate that out of your game as the season goes on Manchester City 5 Spurs are Fulham 1 Erling Haaland Hattrick um, Haaland Haaland it's so I'm not even gonna say frustrating, but it's it's soul destroying that he's just still playing at this level. They bring in Doku as well, um, just as the window's over, and I think Alvarez was on the score sheet too. They just have so much firepower, and this is about Kevin De Bruyne. Some of the goals in this game as well were really good. Like the first goal I, again, I, I thought Haaland scuffed the shot, and I was like, how is this man scuffing a shot and still crossing it perfectly? Um, Alvarez did tap away to make it one nil. Fulham get a goal from the American Dream, Tim Ream. <laughs> But I, I just think Man City trying just, to impress Pep was he trying to impress Pep, like, Pep again? Man, he keeps telling me that this thing didn't happen. Even Pep Guardiola said this about Tim Marine. It never happened. It did happen. It did happen. Um, they just had far too much for Fulham, and I think that's going to be a case for the most part of the season. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I even got a text from one of the mates, and he was like, "Fulham are so well organised," and this is true. But this is when it was one all or two two one to Fulham yeah. or something. I think they went two one ahead or one all. City just. Eradicate everyone in their path. It's 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 inevitable that teams like Fulham and Burnley and mm. Bournemouth will obviously stay compact and stay organised and play to their best of their abilities. And that this might be a team like Chelsea who are struggling at the moment, but a team like City, it's just not going to work mm. because City are just so effective going forward in attack, and it proved again. As they won five one again, it's and it's going to probably happen again and again and again. It's it's four wins from four from Man City. They're sitting top of the league. I, I genuinely don't think I genuinely don't think anyone's going to get near them. It's a farmers league, Adam. I I, I disagree with that. I don't. Well, naturally enough, because you're the one that said it. <laughs> um, but I, I I don't think it's a farmers league in the sense that. Like compared to the Bundesliga, where Bayern, if if they have a good season, they'll just pick players off. So they'll get the bits are off of Dortmund. They'll get whoever off whoever. And it's like, oh well, we're in charge, so we we'll do what we want more or less. And that's why they had a problem with uh, Paulinho. That's they had a real problem with Paulinho because they weren't used to team pushing back. You know, now this is our evaluation of Paulinho. You're not having him. And that move nearly went through as well when you think about it because he was in Munich. He had his uh, medical and everything done, but Fulham pushed back and said no. So in terms of that, I disagree. But I just think Man City are so good. I don't think it's anything necessarily to do with other teams being bad. Because we talked we talk about Liverpool momentarily. But Liverpool are very good the weekend. Liverpool are a very good side. United aren't. Arsenal are. Chelsea at the minute aren't. 
uh, Spurs are. But I don't think any of these teams that are that good at the minute, I still think they pale in comparison to Man City. I just yeah. think they have too much depth, they have too much quality. Like Kovacic, man, I, I honestly don't really rate him that highly. But he's coming to this side and he's, he's ran amok. He's done really well. He's the one that passes the ball to Haaland for the first goal and then he passes to Alvarez. Like, they just have so much depth, do you know? Yeah, well, I just think they ran super well as well, but I think the definition of a Farmers League is a team that continues to win the league over and over and over again mm. without much competition. I mean, I know Arsenal got close and Liverpool have a couple of times, but I just can't see the trend being stopped. I just can't. Mm. And if this continues, I, I think there's there's no other word to put than Farmers League. Yeah, I, I just can't see it. I'd love I'd love it for Brighton or something just pulled up. It's not going to happen. Point is, we're going to have to start watching uh, La Liga again. Or uh, I'm not watching La Liga. Syria is more competitive. I'd say. So you do, Curran. Do what I do. Leave the gaff and go 15 minutes down there and watch League World. Yeah, Shamrock Rovers win that every year, mate. <laughs> they might win it this year. <laughs> um, that brings us on to the next game. Um, League of Ireland's own Evan Ferguson. Hattrick, 3-1 Brighton over Newcastle. Newcastle again. It's a weird thing. They come to the Amex there. A bit like West Ham the week before. West Ham haven't beaten Chelsea the week before that. West Ham went to the Amex and beat Brighton was the point I was making. Yeah. It was the point I was trying to make, articulate. Um, and I thought Newcastle were going to do the same thing to Brighton. But Brighton turned up and Brighton played them off the park. Yeah, and again, <clears throat> another team that we expect to finish in the top half that have had a, a very bad start at Newcastle. Mm. And they've had a tough run of fixtures, bear in mind as well. And you you did, once upon a time, have them win the league this season. <laughs> I did say that, didn't I? Yeah. That didn't happen. Uh, it didn't happen, no. It, did. it, did. it didn't. Uh, I will be there. <laughs> but, yeah, I, did, I think this is just Ferguson. It's all about Ferguson, isn't it? Mm. Um, and he ran a muck. He ran an absolute muck. And I think it was Botman and it was a burn who gave him way too much space or Cher gave him way too much space yeah. uh, for the second goal and Cher again outstretched leg for the third goal as Newcastle were very poor defensively and the keeper was mm. poor at times as well uh, Pope also making a mistake for the first goal so it looks like a team that's not really trying at the moment and I don't I get that vibe from uh, mm. but like or maybe holding off because yeah. Champions League's around the corner I, I could see that maybe yeah, and it um, could be a bit of a Leicester scenario where all their eggs go into one basket. But mm. um, yeah, you'd have it to. It shouldn't ask. be either, by the way, with the money they've spent. Mm. They should be able to compete on both fronts. I think with the money spent. That's true. I suppose a quick look at the other side of the games before we chat about Sunday's games. Brentford two, Bournemouth two, and Buemo last minute equaliser. Fucking hell! What a player he's been this season. Um, Sheffield United two, Everton two. Jordan Pickford, ha 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 ha. Um, the Friday night game, Luton won. West Ham two again. Luton coming up short. I I don't see them picking up any points this year. Their home debut. I really don't see them picking up any points this year. Oh yeah, it could be record totals. And then we look at yesterday's game: Palace three, Wolves two, Odson, Edward, Eberiche, Eze on score for Palace, Huang and Cooney on score for Wolves. Roy Hutchins, timeless man. He is. He's like George Michael. He's like George Michael's careless whisper. <laughs> Timeless. But you always think he's about to go and he just never leaves us. Mm. He's brilliant. What, what would Roy Hodgson do if he wasn't a football manager? I'd say he'd be a good DJ. 
I'd say he'd bake. He'd bake? He'd get baked or bake? <laughs> Both, I've got it home. A master baker? A master baker, yeah. yeah. On the bake-off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say why would you, Why would you say that? I'd love to see Roy Hodgson on the Grapers bake-off. Would you not? On the celebrity bake-off, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, whichever. Throw yeah, him on no. the normal one. Throw him on, throw him on the normal one. He'd have to be a good baker to get in the normal Yeah, but this is the point I'm making. I think he's a good baker. Like. <laughs> a good master baker. Yeah, yeah. A good. Uh, he is the <laughs> master baker. Um, Liverpool 3 Aston Villa nil. we are really spinning our wheels aren't we <laughs> um, Dominic Sabozlo in score sheet 3 minutes into the game and Maddie Cash on goal and a goal from Mohamed Salah was enough to see off Aston Villa in a game where Kieran, I thought Aston Villa were going to cause lots of problems I, yeah. was, I was worried well this is going to be a rare, rare uh, case of me saying this but I thought Liverpool were very very good on mm. the day they were. And it was a bit of a flawless performance. It was. It was. Because, yeah, to, to score three goals against a very good Villa side and not to concede, you have to be doing something right. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, because this Unai Emery side is is the real deal. Question their way form of late. But um, Liverpool just cast them aside this weekend. And I think it had a lot to do with Trent, him playing an almost centre-back role. Mm. I've seen that on match of the day. The it's, like, day. it's like a quarterback role, isn't it? Yeah. I think Villa, they strike me as a side at the minute who are tired. Like, coming into the international break, they probably wanted a break, you know, yeah. having played the volume of games that they've played. But the way they set up on, on Sunday, man, with the high press, if you're, or sorry, with the high line, if you're doing a high line, you have to press. Because if you don't, you leave players like Sabozloy, McAllister, Trent, with the ball at their feet. In a decent space, they're playing Stephen Kenny ball essentially. Essentially, yeah. And Salah, Nunes, Diaz running behind. You're not catching any of them. And they they were they were left. Lucas Dean was left chasing shadows as he usually is at Anfield in fairness. Um, left chasing shadows for for the most part. Um, Darren Nunes, man, again, really solid performance from. Um, caused Villa's caused Villa's defence so many problems and I mean this in the most respectful way but he was like a menace in the game he just was a menace all game running behind he should have had he should have had a, he, realistically speaking could have had a hat-trick hits the post once hits the crossbar and then has a header wide which was a, a, a truly awful miss to be honest with you but you'll forgive him for what he done against Newcastle but I, I want to talk about Dominic Sabozloy for a minute Sabozloy yeah I think Dominic Sabozloy man mm. I know we chatted about him last week and I know you were kind of wary of, of me hyping him but against Villaman again you can't put a price on this fella he, he was so good well you can't 70 million well it was, it was actually 65 yeah, yeah um, it's always lower with Liverpool price no but it was rising up to 70 million and he probably will be worth 70 million mm. if, if he continues how he's playing with you know Liverpool reaching certain targets this season because I think if Liverpool are to play like that at all season you know Liverpool will be up in top four yeah, I do, I do agree with that. Mm. It was a tough start for Liverpool as well with the games they had Chelsea away, and um, Bournemouth at home. Yeah, Bournemouth at home is always a tough game. Bournemouth, I'm pretty sure Bournemouth last time we played Sam Bridge won. I'll, I'll fact check that if you want to right now on the podcast because you're, you're being contrary for no reason. Um, but the away game at Newcastle is a tough game as always is, and then of course the game yesterday. Like people have this Villa side. Your next game actually is a, is away to Bournemouth. <laughs> no. um, I think Liverpool started really well. Is the point I'm trying to yeah, make? Yeah, they have. What was it? Ten points from twelve. Ten points from twelve. Tough games out of the way. Four midfielders in. We we talked about transformation. 
I, I, I'm very happy. I think so Bosnia and McAllister and Anais are a vast upgrade on what we've been used to for Liverpool for the past while. Yeah. But Kieran, the big talking point of the weekend, the big game of the weekend, was indeed Arsenal 3, Manchester United 1. Fucking hell, man. Where do you even begin with this? The amount of controversy coming out of this game, going into the game, to see Sancho's statement yeah. about Ten Hag. Yeah, that came after oh his comments. Oh, my God. I mean, this was, this was a great game of football. I was sat here uh, in watching this game feast ice cream in hand uh, mm. I had a a bit of Logan Paul and KSI's prime uh, absolute garbage um, that is also a very big scam but um, yeah it, it was a nice refreshment before the game mm. and um, yeah really enjoyed this game of football it was kind of a I think the scoreline definitely flattered Arsenal um, Arsenal played well the first half or sorry United went 1-0 up and United sort of nicked the goal Mm. Essentially, and then Odegaard scores right afterwards, so it's just went to half time, one all. And then United came out the second half. I thought they played better when Hoyland came on, mm. they, they looked quite good. But I think they brought on Maguire and Johnny Evans, and I was sort of like, What the hell is he doing that for? And especially bringing on Johnny Evans for Lindelof, he was forced to bring Maguire on for um, Lissandro Martinez, who got injured. But Finishing I, a game with Maguire and Nevis in the half is incredibly funny. <laughs> I don't incredibly know. And someone, someone, I think I have a comment here actually. I'm going to pull it up. The centre back duo of Maguire and Johnny Evans costs more than Gabriel Saliba and Odegaard combined. So Maguire and Evans cost more than Arsenal's two best players. Mm. And Gabriel. And Gabriel. Isn't mm. that crazy? I think it shows Man United's recruitment being poor though. Something we know. You know, it's been 80 million on Sancho as well, mm. and all this stuff coming out about him for Dortmund and for uh, Man City before that. Now he's missing training for United. And mm. um, I think that also speaks volumes of United's recruitment as well that they, they signed a player like this who had mm. a past history doing that, mm. and now it's come back to bite them again. Yeah, <clears throat> I think the Sancho one's a really weird one because he's never once performed to a level in the United jersey where you've gone. He deserves to start. For me, anyways, you look at, I, I don't really think he's been that good for United. To come out and say, don't believe what you read, I've trained well this week, yada yada, strikes me as, as someone who is very frustrated, naturally enough, but someone who feels like he has a point to prove. And my answer to that would be, see the football pitch, you know, the amount of money that you're paid to play on it. Prove yourself on that. Yeah. Don't come out on Twitter and have a bunch of young fellas going, oh, we love you, Jaden, you know, oh, we back you, yada, yada. And that creates, that creates division amongst the fans then as well. So you have fans wanting Ten Hag and then fans wanting Sancho. Like, it's, it's such a messy situation. They had the game in their hands, United as well, um, at one point. Um, they had a goal reeled out, didn't they? Yeah. From Garnacho, who was adjudged to be offside. And bloody hell, man. It was very close. Yeah, this is why I said the scoreline was flattering because if that goal goes in, it's like the literally changes the game and they won the game. Yeah. And none of this shit comes out maybe because you mightn't have a fume and ten hag and come out mm. making comments about Sancho. Yeah, it's crazy because in a blink of an eye, Arsenal score. I think it's Rice at the back post, mm. and Evans questionable for that goal. That's why I say Johnny Evans and Maguire coming on was mm. very strange. But yeah, that Garnacho offside. I I feel how I feel about VAR 
but I think automated outsides that they have in the Champions League would, would be perfect to bring in. I don't understand why they haven't looked into that. Yeah. Um, just to have that better camera angle, because I think this drawn lines from above, sort of, it's not but, very clear. Yeah, it's, it's, I saw it, and I thought he was offside. It was so tight. Liverpool had one there last year where I think Diaz or, or Saka was offside, and the goal was given. So it, it, these things kind of come around. Come around a lot more for Arsenal than for Ernest, but um, that's just the way it goes when, when teams are playing well. It was a good goal by Rashford, I suppose, as well. We, have to, we must say that. But the goal of the day, the goal of the game for me was Jesus' goal. Mm. So well taken. That came at a scramble, and you just see Johnny Evans jogging back as well. Like, mm. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, Man United now in 11th. Um, one place behind them is Chelsea in 12th I'm just looking at the table here sorry I don't mean to rub that in um, but yeah that was the weekend that was Kieran. Um yeah. in the Premier League I suppose you got it a week De- Declan Rice yeah um, he's, he's, he's been playing well controlled he? the midfield for Arsenal and, and scored the winner for me I know that Gabriel Jesus goal went in but that was a bit of a all out attack move from United mm. um, so I'm going to give it to Deco Rice um, my got it a week Toyo Awani I just thought it was such a good performance. Yeah, he's good. Like, uh, he's electric. There was parts of the game, like like I'm saying about the highlights that I saw, where he's backing up, backing up Thiago Silva. That doesn't happen to him like regularly like that, and that's a testament to how good he is. Goal of the week, Kieran. Goal of the week. I'm going to give it to Ferguson second goal. Okay. Uh, 25 yards out. Lots of space, but he, he dispatched it lovely. Mm. My goal of the week is... Do you know what? I'm going to give it to... Jordan Pickford's own goal for Sheffield United. <laughs> You're a horrible bastard, you know that. <laughs> I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. Our card of the week I, I, is. I, I, <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Pickford. Pickford. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could have I given it to a little Sabazloy and he would have went, oh, will you give him Sabazloy? Could have given it to Jesus. No, I, I could have given it to Jesus and he would have went, you're only giving that because he scored against United. So I'm going with Pickford. Well, I'm going to slay your decision for your rudeness in calling out my, my uh, perceived opinions of Kira, your... Potential at least, choices. at least I asked your God of the week. You just, you didn't even bother asking <laughs> me mine. <laughs> this fella Ronaldo is a cod. And our uh, God of the week this week is Eric Ten Hag. Ten Hag, your manager. One Hag. United fans. Two Hag. Three Hag. Four, four Hag. Five Hag. Six hag, seven hag, eight hag, nine hag, ten hag, ten hag. Uh, no hag, Kieran, I think is what we can call him after the weekend. Um, brings on Evans, brings on Maguire because the butcher went off injured. And then to come out and say what he said about Sancho as well, I, I thought it was quite poor. Erratic. Evans is 35, legless, hasn't played for United since 2016. It's a ridic- ridiculous decision for ten hag. And he is our call of the week. He is our call of the week. So let's carry on real briefly. We will look at because there's no there's no uh, around the world or anything this week or previews. No. So we take a quick look at the Champions League group stage. Carry on. Um, some good groups in here, um, particularly Group F, which we'll chat about momentarily. But I suppose we, we'll do this quick for Carry on. Yep. Um, we might do a longer preview next week or when the Champions League comes back. Group A: Bayern, United, Copenhagen, Galatasaray. Who are you going for? I'm going for Bayern and I'm going for Galatasaray. I'm going Bayern and Man United. Group B, Sevilla, Arsenal, PSV and Lens. 
I'm going for PSV. I'm going for Arsenal. Going for Arsenal and Lens. Group C, Napoli, Real Madrid, Braga and Union Berlin. Oh, tasty. I'm going for... a really tasty group. For, I'm actually going to go Madrid and Union Berlin. Yeah, I'm going to go Napoli and Braga, just to be contrary. Group D, Benfica, Inter, Salzburg and Real Sociedad. Uh, Inter and Salzburg for me. Um, Di Maria and Benfica and Inter is what I'm going for. Never mind, fuck Salzburg. Uh, I'm going to go for Sociedad and Inter. Um, group E, Feyenoord, Atletico, Lazio and Celtic. It's a lovely group as well. Mm. I'm going to go Atletico and Celtic. I'm going to go with Atleti and Lazio. Group F, the tasty one for me is Paris, Saint-Germain, Dortmund, Milan and Newcastle. I'm going to go PSG and Dortmund. I'm going to go AC Milan and I'm going to go for Paris. Group G, Man City, Leipzig. Um, Kravena, Sveda and Young Boys I think that's Slavia Prague Is it? Yeah It is Slavia Prague I'm going to go for City and Leipzig Yeah I think that's fairly Self-explanatory Group H Barcelona, Porto, Shakhtar Donetsk and Royal Antwerp I love the Royal Antwerp story so oh Barcelona God. and Antwerp As I said we probably we might do a proper preview of this next week because we have nothing going on next week Oh, well, no, no thanks football. for outing ourselves, Adam. No, I mean in terms of no Premier League. Oh, um, we look. I mean, this is going to be really quick. I don't know if we'll do all these groups, will we? No, fuck we will. Group, uh, Europa League group stage draw. Group A: West Ham, Olympiacos, Freiburg. Um, Jesus Christ, back at Topola. West Ham, West Ham, Freiburg. Group B: Ajax, Marseille, Brighton, Athens. Wow, that's a nice group. I haven't seen any of these groups. Uh, I'm going Brighton and Ajax. Brighton and I accept. I'll go with you. Uh, group C: Rangers, Real Betis, Sparta Praha. That's Sparta Prague. What, what was that with the team we said? Uh, Slavia. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, Aris Limassol. I'm going to go Real Betis and Sparta Prague. Rangers and Betis. Group D: Atalanta, Sport Lisbon, Straum and Rakoff. That's a nice group as well. I'm going to go Atalanta and Sport Lisbon. Yeah. Group B: Liverpool, Lask, Union, Sanjelay, and Toulouse. That is the most rugby group ever I've seen in my life. Liverpool and Union Sanjale is what I'm going for. Union Sanjale and Toulouse. Um, group F, Villarreal, Rons, Maccabi, Haifa and Panathinaikos. I'm going to go Villarreal and Rons. Villarreal and Panathinaikos. Uh, group G, Roma, Slavia Prague. Man, that was not Slavia Prague we were talking about in the last stage. It's like Red Star Belgrade or something I think it was. It okay. Sheriff and Servetta. I'm going to go Roma and Sheriff. Uh, Roma and Sheriff, yeah, I agree. Leverkusen, Quarabag, Molda and Hacken. I'm going to go Leroy Kills and Molda. Quarabag and Hacken. And that's a group stage for the Europa League. I'm not going through the Conference League because, boy God, I, I, I'm incredibly sad enough as it is. Um, <laughs> the the session of the press is kicking in, Kieran, what can I say? After reading the Europa League. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm in the height after reading that. Jesus wept. <laughs> Lastly, Kieran, and we will be chatting about these games next week. Ireland take on France and they take on the Netherlands in the Crunch Europa our European qualifiers this week on Thursday and Sunday I for one I'm looking forward to them I have to say I'm lo- I, I do enjoy these big games um, but I hold out very little hope I'd be along your, your boat Adam or I'd be sailing in your boat um, mm. probably. you're uninvited Karen. I'm you're, not, a- you're not allowed in my boat I'm not allowed in your boat no well I'm going to throw you off your boat and I'm going to invite myself like a pirate <laughs> um, yeah I'd agree with you um, it's not look good at all I don't think if you look at the the 23 we have Bazunu, Kelleher Travers Darty, Ebisele Stevens, Manning 
McLean, Duffy, Egan, Nathan Collins, Darrow O'Shea, Darrell Lennon, Cullen, Malumbi, Hendrick, Brown, Will Smallbone, Jason Knight, Jamie McGrath, Ooh, ah, McGrath, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> Adam Oida, Will Keane, Evan Ferguson, Aaron Connolly, Wow, Throwback, and Ogbeni. Whatever about whatever about the squad, I just think we're going against teams that are vastly superior. I and have vastly superior squads. Yeah. And a manager that's capable. And I think that's going to be our downfall. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of pressure on some of these players. Like Ferguson has a massive amount of pressure for being so young, coming off a hat trick against Brighton. I, I think it's looking quite bleak. I, I don't think you can rest your hopes on on a a, a teenager, yeah. so to speak. And he's a great player. And I do think I've, I said it for a couple of weeks ago. I think if Evan Ferguson continues in this trajectory, he'll break the British transfer record for you. He he will break that himself. Yeah. By going to the likes of United or I think right now it's just too much and I, I don't see the team behind them not I suppose giving support isn't the right way to say it, but being able to produce quality that supplements his quality and gives Ireland a better chance at winning games. I just don't see that happening. But I, I'd worry I'd worry about the France game away from home. Yeah, I could see that being three or four nil Adam. Um, and they'd be hungry after us mm. frustrating them so much with Eva. Although the Dutch game, Kieran, I do think is an interesting one. How's it going? Yeah, cool story. Sunshine. We yeah. are indeed. How are you getting on? All right. We've been enjoying it. a couple of wolves done in the car. Very nice. How was you getting on the Irish? Tired. Just talking about Ferguson. Oh. Have you any discernible thoughts about Evan Ferguson, Dego? Not really, only that he's very young and it's early days to be hyping him up too much. Yeah, you're right, And Jesus, we've Ireland... Can't see it. it's gonna be a painful uh, few week. Days. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a painful life, really, isn't it? <laughs> it was, no matter how, hyped, hyped up, what is he? Eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, he's only, he's only he's a nipper. Not players around him. Yeah, this is it. Messi wouldn't have been any good without. Uh, well, he would have been still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the likes of Xavi and Iniesta. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I think it's 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 uh, it's heavy burden to be putting on the young fella. Yeah, being the great yeah. white hope of Ireland. I know, I know, I know. So anyway, I'm going in and I'm going to have to fucking seagull got right on the car and I've now, oh. you know, now uh, yeah, yeah. authoring me. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy yourselves. Well, there, Deco. See you in a bit. He's doing your, uh, you're in the middle of it, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You'll be on it this week, Deco. <laughs> that was, that was Kieran Star for anyone uh, wondering. I don't know if you could even hear him there. Hopefully you can. Well, do you know what? He hit the he nail put, on he, the head. He did hit the nail on the head, in fairness. Something yeah. that we haven't managed to do in <laughs> ten minutes of talking. <laughs> Um, it just says a lot about also, also slated you for cutting the grass as well which is this is why we love Deco um, but yeah Kieran, I suppose prediction for the France game uh, I, I, as I said 3 or 4 nil to France yeah. and the the Dutch game I'd, I'd give us a draw if I'm hopeful but draw if we perform I think it's going to be 2 nil away win for uh, Netherlands the thing is with, with Kenny in big games like against the Dutch Typically at the Aviva, he, he the team usually turns up. You know, so this, this is what I, I, I think we could pick some up against the Dutch. Yeah, but the French, I don't think we have a hope against the French. The French. That's an interesting French. segue. What 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 are your thoughts on on Kenny's uh, future if he if he doesn't qualify for this tournament? I think qualifies or not, he'll be gone when his contract's up. Yeah, he won't be signing a new contract. Would be my kind of stance on it. And even if he wins these two games, and also there's a playoff berth mm. uh, with. UA for com- uh, UA Nations League. You see, we're saying here if he if he beats if he wins these two games, that's a big if because it's never going to happen. 
never mind getting never mind one. Getting two against the two best teams in the group. Not a hope. I think France I think France will wipe the floor with us. I think we could definitely get something against the Dutch. Easily get something against the Dutch. But again, I, I don't I just don't see Kenny's future lasting much longer. I think he'd been dealt a shit hand as well in the, in the sense that we've been drawn against very tough nations in all of our groups and this one is the hardest group in the mm. Euro UEFA Euros or whatever. Yeah. He's just been dealt a shit hand. Like I don't understand UEFA's uh, ranking process. Mm. If a team wants to get better, they have to qualify for more major tournaments and you're throwing them into more difficult groups mm. every year. As they slip down the rankings, yeah. So they just get progressively more shit because you, they're not playing games and they're not getting into major tournaments, and the players lack confidence. Yeah, I, I think the ranking system's a bit unfair in that sense, but well, it definitely favours the big teams. Yeah, but that's you could say that for every competition, like the FA Cup, Champions League. It, it always favours the bigger teams. But it's getting worse and worse every year. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's our <laughs> Ireland chat. Full stop. Thanks to Deco for providing and better nothing. analysis than we did. Nice. <laughs> um, hopefully, the car gets sorted now with the seagull. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we move on, Kieran, to the last segment of the show. Get it out. Get it out. And to be honest with you, the usual crew of, of Gary and Ian, Dave, they're not. They haven't asked questions this week. They're off. They're all wrote off. There and thankfully, says you. I'm glad they had a good weekend. We start off with Woodser who says, Rest in peace, Jack Moyle, not Shells. What, what, what I suppose, what a servant he was. Yeah, I really love Jack Moyle, not Shells. He gave me some great moments over the past few years. Fill me in, where's he gone? Gone to Lincoln in the League One, England, I think. England, yeah. Um, he's gone for free, so when his contract's up, he'll be heading over. I think that's been hanging over him for a while because you, you could notice in some of his performances where he probably wasn't, you never want to question a player's integrity. And I wouldn't question his because he, he gives 100%. We've kind of not hanging in as much. There'll be times where he'll be pulling out challenges where usually he'll be going full pelt. But I think with this European charge that Shells are on at the minute, having beaten Pats, you can see he's fully invested in the squad and invested in kind of, I suppose, the project in a way. He goes to Lincoln, leaving a great legacy at Shells. I think he's a fabulous player. He's, as I say, he's been a great servant to Shells. I'll miss him greatly because he is a very good player. And the game against Pats on Friday, we don't win that game without him. You know, he. he he does well to get McGrath sent off and yeah, he's, he's just a really good player and a really nice lad as well. So yeah, he's going to be Mr. Antalga. Woodser says, sports day, races, what are your top three? So I suppose like egg and spoon, wheelbarrow, the one where you tie your legs together. Oh, I, I'm that's big, the three-legged three race. Three-legged race. Um, my favourite would be the egg and spoon. Egg and spoon, yeah, I remember they replaced the egg with the potato, which makes sense, it's, it's practical, isn't it? Mm. But the potato's not as... It doesn't really slot into the spoon as well. But anyways, that's semantics on him. Uh, top three, probably uh, rucksack. Uh, wow. Uh, sack race, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, that's my number one. Yeah. Because uh, I was so big, I could sort of... Yeah, voice myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Number two, uh, egg and spoon race. Yeah, I love, I love an egg and spoon race. I used to always cheat in that. You yeah. see, you chewing them and put chewing them on the egg and on the spoon. I could imagine you cheat that, yeah. you know that. Yeah. I could imagine. And if you got medals from the egg and spoon race, you're <laughs> <years. Yeah. laughs> six or seven around your neck. Great balance. Michael you know? Phelps. Mm. Um, number three, three legged race, 100%. Mm. Keen Move says, How far can Arsenal go this season? A very bitter Manchester United fan on this beautiful Monday morning, afternoon. Arsenal. Um, I, for one, I'm delighted for you, Keen. Um, how can, far can they go? 
Realistically speaking, I'd say top four should be their minimal requirements um, because they have got a very good squad. So if, if they don't get top four, it'd be very uh, that that wouldn't be good enough for Arsenal to get top four. Yeah, I think top four, but I think they'll honestly finish third at this point. Mm. That's my top process. Kane says, is Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire a good enough pairing to get Man United at top four? Uh, yeah, it is. If you flip the table upside down and you know you finish 16th or something. <laughs> or 17th, that would be good enough, I'd say. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's gotten to that point. It's mad, isn't it? And we talked about Liverpool bringing in centre-backs, but it, it, it was a wide album problem for United for this summer mm. that they obviously needed centre-backs and we didn't really see it. Mm. But... I can't believe they've let it get to Maguire and, and, Evans, yeah. and Evans and no other depth. Steve Dowling says, who put the ball in the junkie's net? As a reference to Jack Moylan, because um, Jack Moylan, of course, famously got that goal last season in Inchicore. But who put the ball in the junkie's net? On Friday evening, it was Cabral and Paddy Barrett. Shout out to Cabral, by the way. We didn't even mention him. Jesus Christ. Um, I think I think former Sporting Lisbon player, I could be correct in saying that, he played in Com- scored in the Europa Conference League last season for... Limassol, I think he's he's a good player. He scored on Friday of shells. Steve also says, <laughs> "Is Rory's little brother finally ready to admit it's Preston's year?" <laughs> Who said that? Steve, Steve Dowling, the Preston fan, the shells Preston fan, good friend of mine. Preston are top of the league, the minute Well, it was five games in, and Leicester are are off to a great start as well. They've only lost their first game the other Yes, but pressing our top, Karen. Yeah, well, that's just the championship and there's let, only let one, Steve one live. point difference. Let Steve Dowling live. No, no. Let Dow live. Is it Preston's year? No, it isn't. No. You call me Rory's little brother. Um, another person who calls you Rory's little brother is Amy, his girlfriend, who says, why is Rory's little brother obsessed with Jurgen Klopp? <laughs> well, my question is... I'm glad is, you're getting slayed this week, Karen. I'm not going to lie. My question is... Why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> Why are you so obsessed with me? Two of you put questions in, saying Rory's little brother. There you go, there's your answer. There you go. Um, Alton says, if skills in Cabra, in the Cabra area were Premier League clubs, who would they be and why? Oof. Skills in Cabra. Mm. Well, their skills, their skills like the Man City. Man City, yeah, yeah that's a bit yeah. <laughs> They were so, man, we used to do, I don't know if you used to, it was like a serious thing where you do it every three weeks on a Thursday. Oh, uh, And you'd like play football with them and stuff. Corn Doolan, yeah. Yeah, Corn Doolan, that was the thing. Yeah. And the deaf skill, man, were, they were so good at football. Like, they were really good at football. They're um, like professional athletes, like, it's, it's that level, like, it's incredible. Um, what school would Clash Ruby? Our old stomping ground? <laughs> Bournemouth. Bournemouth. <laughs> Relegation. Like. Relegation for Yeah. Um, I would probably say they'd be the Burnley. Burnley. Mm. <laughs> Full mm. of spirit. Tough to Full play of against. Full of spirit. Tough to play against. <laughs> Largely shy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Decos. Decos. I'd say they're they're also top four. They're probably like a. I'd say Man United. Yeah, yeah. I'd give them yeah. United. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan Barrett. That's a. Gaelsco Bar. Oh, Gaelsco Bar. Mm. That's a primary skill, isn't it? They're it's, li- still, it's still a skill. They're Luton Town. Luton Town. Uh, Falling the fire. Oh, that's what that's what it was. I, I don't hear that's what we're leaving. That I'm not going into any more skills. Fuck if you're going to be so blunt like that. <laughs> Sorry um, for being honest. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Guelph Guevara is because a lot of my good friends come from there. Karen, oh, right so am I one of them? Uh, you're more an acquaintance than a friend, I'd say. At Harvest, <laughs> um, so good. Uh, let's say Spurs. Um, Spurs falling apart and then coming back. Mark Sweeney says not a question. 
but beating Pats um, is better than EP. Uh, do you know what, man? I was quite sour on Friday night. And I don't know that I like Steve Lacey, don't get me wrong, but I, there was nowhere I would have wanted to be more than in Talga Park on Friday night. But yeah, great win for Shells. Um, and last question, thank be to God. As to the you. train comes in, Adam. As the train comes in, the train is leaving the station for the Only Fans Football Podcast. <laughs> Alton Corcoran, he was the, he, Alton was the one who asked a question about the skills, by the way. Yeah. He says, uh, who costs more, Mikhailo Mudrick or Darwin Nunes? That's a loyal listener right there. This seems to be framed, but uh, uh, Nunes costs 75 million plus 25 million add-ons. Mudrick costs 70 million plus 30 million ounces. So, it's not true. Nunes costs more than Mikhailo Mudrick. Source ESPN, you can look it up. It's not true, though, Carol. Uh, yeah. Nunes wasn't 70 million plus. Um, he was 75. 75 yeah. million plus 25 million. That's not true. He was 64 million up front. That's, that's the fact. That's million pounds. Oh, so what? Are you doing it in dollars? Sorry, I'm sorry. doing it in euros. No, you're not doing it in euros. I you're doing, doing it in dollars. I'm doing it in the if real it, currency came, that we live in. If it came from ESPN, it's in dollars. Well, I read so it in euros. You read it in dollars, Kiran. There's no way you read an ESPN post. Well, do you know Europe. what? All, all currency it's an American, is the same. It's an American company, Kiran. It doesn't matter about currency. Sports. It because, does matter about currency. Because Darren Nunes you're wrong, Kiran. You're wrong. Mudrick costs more pounds. And with a mortisation, he costs 60 million more. No, he didn't, Kiran. Because 10 million every year. He didn't, Kiran. That's just not true. Yeah. I suppose to switch Alden's question a bit, who's more valuable? Well, a player's value is based on their performances. As I said, so it's always been Nunes. Well, it mightn't always be Nunes. But it has always been Nunes, up to now. At the moment, it's Nunes. But it's been Nunes since Nunes joined Liverpool and uh, Mudrick's signed for Chelsea. But you're switching up the question. I know, but that's... that's so you're that's deflecting from the actual I'm not, question. I'm not, because Mudrick yeah. costs more. And anyways, as we're, as we're, I suppose, finishing up here, we nearly got knocked out of, knocked out of the house <laughs> by Kieran Sa. Maybe um, there's more things to life than There's these more things, things to life than these things. But yeah. Nunes didn't cost as much as Mudrick and is far more valuable, to answer Alton's question. And to answer Odin's question, Adam is lying. Because <laughs> Nunes costs more than Woodrick. We'll leave it there, not, so. He did not. And we'll leave it there, so.